There was nothing else at all in the whole world but football. Hi everyone and welcome to the Triple F for another episode of the Triple F show. My name is Simon and I was joined by Les, a great friend of mine, big Spurs fan unfortunately for him, can't all be perfect. Um, and obviously myself being an Arsenal fan, we came up with our all-time North London combined 11. So Arsenal and Spurs players, the greatest of you know those sort of positions and those players that we could think of, we try and combine the a greatest 11. Um, you might say that the the Spurs side is somewhat conventional, uh, unconventional. Sorry, but um, you know, Les is a Spurs fan. Like I said, it's it's difficult enough. But uh, <laughs> um, you, I'd like to think that with the Arsenal side, I've come up with the the legends that deserve to be on that that starting eleven. Um, and you know, we sort of mentioned it at the end the the. The bench would be fantastic playing against any side. Just thinking of the prospect of that side, and then with the bench as well, yeah, it's um, it's pretty impressive. However, um, I would have loved to release this a bit closer to the proposed North London derby that we were supposed to have uh, on Sunday, but unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, to get that done because it was a postponement from Arsenal side. You know, there was a lot of furor over that, but you know, it is what it is, and we had to do it. Um, I would have loved to have released this a bit closer, but unfortunately, you know, time's got in the way a little bit. The Liverpool game, I'd love to release it before then. I'd love to release it before the Burnley game this afternoon. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get a nice win against Burnley today. So this will be a nice little cherry on the top for all us Arsenal fans and just football fans in general. I think this will be a nice interesting listen for you. So I hope you guys all enjoy. I hope you're all doing well. And thanks again for listening to the Triple F and take care. Bye-bye. For all the energy and the the conflict and the aggression that we would have had yesterday, um, I'm hoping that our little chat and and just to explain to the listeners and the viewers, we are going to be compiling an all-time Spurs Arsenal eleven. I'm hoping this is going to um, substitute for all of the uh, yeah for all of the <laughs> yeah. friction that we should have had yesterday. But um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this, I, I can see this being um, a bone of contention for the both of us. I, I, I'm wondering how many Spurs players you've gone for and how many Arsenal players I've gone for. Well, I've tried to be um, somewhat fair, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. Well, I've, I've, I've decided to be fair. That's why I haven't picked any Arsenal players. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've just gone for the invincible, so we'll just drop the mic there and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the problems, isn't it? You know, I think, I think one of the really interesting things about this is the is suddenly when you do this, I mean, I, I've had this view for a long time. It's not just about doing this. It's nonsense to compare players from different ages. It's a bit like comparing Ball to Djokovic, isn't it? You know, mm. one, one was playing with a wooden racket and the other one's, you know, sort of got so, got a team of about 500 people <laughs> seemingly behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not quite that many, but you know what, what yeah. I'm saying. You know, it's a totally different. It's a yeah, totally it, different. Yeah, it would be sport. like sort of comparing George Best to Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just yeah, you can't. Absolutely, do it. absolutely. And I think I think this is where where it becomes difficult because if you 
clearly in the Spurs, in, talking about Spurs, I mean, I think what we would say is that we've really only, and in my lifetime, because um, I don't quite go back to the 1951 league winning side, which was mostly pretty spectacular, the push and run side. I just, I, I, my, I saw my first game in 56. So I've been watching a long time. And really, the Spurs double team was a very, very good team. One of the great teams of all time. And since then, we've really only, we had a decent team in about 71, 73 era. Um, we had a pretty good team with our dealers in and Hoddle in the early 80s. And then, you know, <laughs> to, since 1991, you know, it's just been a desert. And we, yeah, we had a decent time under Pochettino, the first few years under Pochettino, but of course we didn't win anything. So, you know, it's very difficult. Having said that, Spurs have had a hell of a lot of really outstanding players, far more than the teams. You know, I mean, I, the problem is when you're when you're trying to decide on these things, is comparing a player who played in 1961 to the game as it is now, where you know, or even, I mean, if you were if you were comparing, say, the really great players, and I'm talking about the really really great players, you know. Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. My argument would be, people say, oh, yeah, well, these two guys are much better because they're more athletic, they're this and that. They've never experienced the kind of tackling that Maradona got or Pele. No. Anyone doubts that, go on YouTube. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. Look at Brazil-Portugal in 1966 World Cup or Italy versus... Argentina, I think it was in the 82 World Cup, and see what what brutality is really like on a football field. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. And also yeah. what you have to remember, and I think people forget this, everyone assumes that these blokes who were fearsome, fearsome reputations, British terms, Norman Hunter, these kind of people, mm. in world terms, you know, the, if you look at the 82 Italian team that won the World Cup, and kicked Maradona to hell in the game they played. They had players like Gentile and our, um, uh, Tardelli. These guys were, were brutal, but they were great players as well. It wasn't just that they were brutal, but they couldn't play. They could play as well. We're not just talking about donkeys that are kicking people up in the air. We're talking about outstanding players. Yeah. But the 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 rules as they were interpreted at that time, the laws of the game, as interpreted at that time, were totally different to the way they are now. So it means it's very difficult. Um, you know, any Spurs fan um, uh, will say, I think, any Spurs fan of my generation, it will be very hard not to have Dave Mackay in the team. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality under the modern rules is that Dave would be off in the first... <laughs> Five minutes of every game, yeah. Because he's one of these. He, had, he was very good with the ball, but one of the things that he had was this destructive tackling. You know, slide tackling. Remember, the pitches were weren't like now with grass; they were nearly mud heaps. And this guy would slide in from five or six yards away. He'd take the ball, the man, not necessarily in that order, but he'd mm. come out with the ball. That was perfectly acceptable at the time. Yeah. Now, if he was playing now. He'd still be a great player because he would adapt. Great players adapt. Yeah. But it's very difficult to, to compare a guy who wouldn't last five minutes yeah. before he was sent off 
with a guy with the guys who are playing now. No, yeah. there's nobody yeah. in the Tottenham team who would be even even within the same ballpark in terms of the destructiveness of their tackling. Mm. Even even really outstanding players, and look, I'll be, could be kind about um, Tony Adams. Even guys like him, you wouldn't be able to compare them to Mackay's tackling. Because by then, I think the rules were starting to be interpreted slightly differently. Yeah. So it's really difficult when you choose, when you're trying to compare these players and the pitches. Look at now. What's so much better about the game now? Well, well depends how many what things you want, but definitely the biggest the biggest thing, as far as I can see, Simon, is the pitches. Mm-hmm. Because in these, when I was first going to football, by about. November, I should think. Sometimes it seemed even earlier than that. The pitches were awful, mm-hmm. and you, you were you were you were literally seeing guys dragging the ball through the mud. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If you go, oh, if you I've, go I've through, seen the images. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's very difficult compared, you know, to compare that in in English football at that time. I would say Wembley. And Ipswich, for some reason, Ipswich had a lovely pitch. Um, but everyone used to complain about them, saying they weren't, they were too, too hard on the players. Mm. <laughs> you know, too many players got too many injuries on those pitches. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and yet now they wouldn't, no one would say they were great pitches compared necessarily because this is all the pitches are, like, are great. formation that I've gone for for my team is 4-3-3 so if we just sort of you know discuss our formations first what sort of formation have you gone for well I think I think one of the big problems with this is that um I quite like the 4-3-3 um one one of the issues of course is that you can you could fiddle the formation slightly because Mm. you could put in the back four someone like Mackay or Petit um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, one of the one of the things I would say, I mean, you know, I think this is sometimes where it's it is slightly difficult is that I I never quite understood with Arsenal. I mean, Vieira and Petit, the fact they played in a World Cup winning team, and you know, their their history at Arsenal says they're both outstanding players. I always thought Petit was the more influential player because I don't think that's why I always used to think with Petit, that he was the best midfield player defensively I'd seen since Mackay, mm. um, which is a big, <laughs> which is a big, big call. And many people would not agree with me on that. But I think they are players that actually allowed you almost to cover up, <laughs> you know, your def- any defensive frailties, you know, and um, yeah. it's just interesting. So I'm quite happy going 4-3-3. Excellent. And there is one. There is one choice here that's very easy, isn't there? Was that the whole eleven being Arsenal players? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, <joking. laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, well, I would say that the one one thing that, that um, is very easy in this team, and I don't think anyone could argue, is that Pat Jennings will be in goal. 
And I say that, I'd be interested if you're going to go to someone different, because yeah. I think, again, obviously, people say, yeah, but he didn't have to kick the ball. No, he didn't, but he also had to be, you know, he had to condemn with big big centre-forwards who were whacking him and things like that. Mm. But I think if you look at British football, I think you, if you're talking top goalkeepers, you're probably going Jennings, Banks, Shilton, Schmeichel. You can argue about the order of those, but I would say, you know, um, that's pretty... Yeah, there's been other guys. You're going, I think you're going to go for Seaman, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have done. I have done. But I, I, I'll mention that I, I mm-hmm. did mention Pat Jennings because um, I, I sort of I've written a little bit of a, a blurb for each one of my selections, and I have wrote that Pat Jennings and Jens and Jens Lehman were a consideration for me. Um, Pat Jennings, yeah, was I, I? I did consider him, especially because he, you know, represented both teams, um, and you know, he achieved brilliant for for both teams as well. So brilliant things. But I don't know. For for me, maybe it's just a personal choice. But for something about David Seaman that just represents that sort of just an excellent goalkeeper both for England and the fact that he was representing Arsenal as well just growing up I just see him as the goalkeeper of of, of Arsenal and I just thought he was he was an excellent and then you look at his um his contribution whilst he was at Arsenal three league titles four FA Cups uh one league cup and a, a UEFA Cup winners cup I mean it, Obviously, a lot of that is, is down to teamwork and a lot of that... I was going to say, he was playing behind a very good defence. He was, he was, but at the same time, he, you know, it wasn't as if he was standing behind the goal. He was um, he was there yeah. for a reason and he, and he deserved to, to be there because he was a, he was a cracking goalkeeper. But, mm. you know, it's, um, it, it wasn't an easy choice for me. So I'll, I'll give you that sort of consolation. But... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you now, I've gone for, I think, six Arsenal players and five Spurs players. So if if you want, I'm willing to, <laughs> to barter with you and I'll happily, happily go with Pat Jennings considering he represented well, Arsenal as let well. Me, so. let, me just, let me just say something in, in, in response to your argument. No one's not arguing that Seaman wasn't a top goalie. No. Um, but you know, just to say how many good goalies these two teams have had, and this is why I'm really confident that Pat Jennings would be the choice of most people. I think if you spoke to most Arsenal fans from you know from '75 downwards or whatever, yeah. you know, um, they would go for Jennings, in my opinion. I say because when I first went to Spurs uh, and Arsenal, because we used to go to both quite a lot. Um, you had Ted Ditchburn, Jack Kelsey, brilliant, both international guys, brilliant players. Since then, you've had, you know, a whole succession of outstanding goalies for both teams. Um, but there's only one Pat Jennings. And I I think when you look at the length of his career, the fact that he was outstanding at Spurs, he was outstanding at Arsenal, even though he is a Spurs man, he, you know, he, he's never pretended that, that Arsenal was a bigger club for him as Spurs. But I th- I just, I you know, to me, I was surprised. I I, did, I think this is where you get to the generational thing, isn't it? Because I, I was thinking 
yeah, well, it's easy. We get we got one. Now we just got to argue over ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be a lot trickier than you thought, mate. This, um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But for me, you know, you've made a good argument, and I'm somewhat happy to put Jennings in there, considering he was, you know, as you mentioned, he was obviously more of a Spurs man, but he, he was a big contribution to Arsenal's history as well. So I'm I'm more than happy to um, to um, give you a bit yeah. of leeway there and put him in. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy to put Pat Jennings in in goal uh, for our greatest 11. I'll just go on to my right back. I think I'll surprise yep. you somewhat here. Um, so I've actually gone for a Spurs player. I've gone for Steve Perryman. Um, two FA Cups, mm-hmm. two League Cups, two UEFA Cups. Um, a lot of Arsenal fans might think I'm being a little bit kind here, but because um, you could put the likes of Lee Dixon, Lauren... But you know, even from a, a Spurs side, you, you might think there's there's some Spurs players that would go over Steve Perry, Trippier, Carl Walker, particularly Paul Baker from the d- double winning side of sixty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, have somewhat more impressive trophy cabinets. But I've just gone for Perryman just for the the kind of player he was, extremely versatile because he was able to play in midfield. But I think it was his later days um, where he transitioned transitioned into a right-back. And um, he actually won the the Football Writers Association Award in 1982, which just for me just sort of puts him above um, any other right-back for me. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to to know what your thoughts are on um, going for him. Well, if you look, if you, I I mean, clearly right-back has not been Spurs' strongest position over the years. But Peter Baker, I mean, this this is where it's difficult to judge players. Players like Peter Baker, the problem they had, they never looked as good. Because Spurs, you know, we're talking about the press. Well, Spurs pressed a lot with the ball. Basically, they'd have seven or eight men attacking. So when when the opposition broke away, you probably had three defenders and a goalie with the seven guys running back, you know what I mean? And some of them weren't running back, you know. So it's very difficult to judge those players. I mean, I I would, I think, if you were looking over the league season, Perryman was the total player in terms of enthusiasm. But there's some really good players as well. I mean, a, a guy, I would never remember this guy until um, somebody I know really ridiculously said that um, uh, Howe's just gone to uh, uh, Newcastle, uh, Eddie Howe. His mm. dad was was um, Don Howe. Well, that's absolutely nonsense. But Don Howe played for <laughs> Arsenal in the 1960s. And he was, he, I mean, I think he was voted, he was at West Brom before that. And I read that, that um, recently, I just looked him up. I, I think he was voted in West Brom's greatest ever team. And, he, and this is the thing about Caps. In 1966, obviously, George Cone was a fullback, right back. But I think the rest of the squad, I think the other two fullbacks, there might have even been a fourth, but certainly I think. Um, Armfield and Howe were the other fullbacks. Now we keep going on about how great the fullbacks we've got at the moment. That's true. We, for the first time in very, very many years, we have three or four really good right backs. It's been a weak position, in my opinion, for a lot of the time. So you know, Don Howe, absolutely outstanding player. You know, and you, and this is where it's difficult. How you had um, uh, Pat Rice, didn't you? All these kind of players. And 
I th I think that it depends how, and again, it depends what you're picking players on. Are we picking players who are going to play in a cup final? Are you going to pick a teams that are players that are going to win the league? Mm. And if you're going for win the league, yeah, I think Perryman's a good shout, you know. Um, but I but, also think yeah. he's quite good for cups because, like I said, two FA Cups, well, yeah. two League Cups and two UEFA Cups. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not too bad. I, I just want to apologise as well. I've done that typical um, Arsenal fan thing where I've, I've called Peter Baker Paul Baker. So, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally all right. Totally all right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the thing... The thing um, the Spurs side early 80s, I mean, was a team that probably, when you look at it, you think, how the hell didn't they win the league? And in 82, they should have won the league, I think, despite the fact Liverpool were a great side as well. Well, it's probably one of the reasons they didn't do it. But they played so many games that season. Of course, you only had one sub. And it's really quite funny. I did, just as say, when people say about too many games, this is a memory from the cup final in 82. And you made, it, it actually involves uh, Perryman. Perryman was one of the guys you would never, ever see him not give 100% right through the whole game. Mm. And there was a ball rolling out in the last couple of minutes of the cup final when players are later. You know, the ball was rolling out of play, which he could have, you know, it's going to be thrown to um, I think QPR. And he didn't run, and he couldn't even run for it. He was that exhausted, he couldn't run. And you know, you're looking at a guy who who is no greater enthusiast in Spurs history probably than him mm. um, in terms of of effort. And you know, you've got guys who are literally out on their feet because they played so many games. And now you are now you now you're having uh, people saying this is dangerous. Well, maybe yeah. it is. But, but it's difficult to compare with, you know, yeah. what they had back then. I mean, for all um, the, the research that I did on Perryman, um, a lot of the stuff that was coming up was, you know, almost considered sort of Mr. Spurs during that time, just yeah. for, for the sort of commitment and the, the, the determination that he gave in a Spurs shirt. It was, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And I think, you know, it just technically as a footballer goes he was pretty well gifted as well and you know you, know, you don't do that um you don't win the the football writers association award um for for no, no. reason so Sorry, yeah like, like i said a lot a lot of arsenal fans might be um screaming at me oh. through the uh through the tv screen here that why is lee dixon not there <laughs> or lauren or whatever but i i i just think steve perryman from all the research that i've done he, he deserves his right on this um on this list if you're interested in coming on the show for an Under the Floodlight special to talk about your favourite player or manager, please email the thetriplef2021 at gmail.com or DM the thetriplef84 on Twitter. All contact details will be in the episode description. Hope you're all keeping safe and thanks again for listening to the Triple F. So you going as your centre-backs? Um, I'm going to go with... Mr. Arsenal himself, I just, yeah, I couldn't put anybody else but Tony Adams. I think something that I think helps to sum Tony Adams up as a player and a man is the fact that he was appointed Arsenal captain at the age of 21 in 1988 and he remained club captain for the following 14 years. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know, even with a captain like characters of, of Vieira, Keown, 
uh, Campbell, I'm sorry to swear that I'm, I'm, <laughs> we'll get on to yeah, it yeah. later. I'm sure I'm going to mention his name and you're not going to be too happy. But and, and even Henri was there as well. You know, all these types of characters that were there. But, you know, you couldn't give that armband to anyone but Mr. Arsenal himself. And, you know, there aren't many players that commit their entire careers to one club. But when they do, that alongside helping the club to prestigious trophies then that just really cements the likes of Tony Adams into a legendary status. And, you know, he's got a statue outside of the stadium for a reason. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, four league titles, three FA Cups, two League Cups and one UEFA Cup winner's cup. He, yeah, if, for me, yeah. you, you can't help but, but have him on the list. But Well, I think, you know, I think, I think, the, um, I think the greatest compliment you could pay Adams is the donkey thing, you know, the Eeyore thing that... Uh, um, there was a, never forget this. I'll do this tell very, very quickly. Um, it was the charity shield, one, oh, it must have been 91, 90, 92, it must have been. Started the 92 season. And Arsenal warmed up. Yeah, both teams were out on the, but it, the Spurs end was the tunnel end of the old Wembley. So he had to walk back through the on his own because for some reason he went back on it so well, on his own and the whole of the spurs end remember it wasn't like the cup final the whole of the end was was spurs there's probably 40 odd thousand spurs fans you know a few dignitaries of the charity shield or community shield or whatever you are and he had to walk back and the whole end kind of was in full flight doing the eeyore <laughs> thing and i thought well you've got to be you know <laughs> it was just one of those priceless moments, but you know, I wonder who turns a drink. <laughs> you know, it was just. Oh, you got to be made of nails to yeah to withstand something Absolutely, like that. yeah, yeah. But so, it, are you happy probably... to put him on the list then? Yes, yeah, I would thought you'd go for him. What were your centre backs? Well, the centre backs I would I would have probably have gone for. I think you're probably going to go for Ledley, though. I think it's very difficult to judge Ledley because of the injuries. Mm. Um, Spurs double team had Morris Norman, another very England regular England player at that time, very very good uh, centre back, very much in the Tony Adams mould. So we, we could probably, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to compare, but they were very, very similar kind of players. As I said, Phil Bill, I think one of the great, perhaps the most overrated, underrated Spurs player um, in lots of ways, especially defensively. Um, but the, the guy, the guy I would argue for is very much in the modern time. But I think the Tong, the, the, the two years for Tongan before you know, had a really bad season at the end, but the previous two years, I thought he carried that team when they when. He first was there. I think everyone thought the Tongans very good without the viral. But I think by the end, most Spurs fans would say Alderweireld was very good with the Tongan. And I think yeah. you know there's a very strong argument for the Tongan on the basis of those couple of years. Now, obviously, it wasn't <laughs> a long period like Adams or Maurice Norman and these kind of players. Um, but I, I think there's a very strong argument for Vatonga. Um, you know, and yeah, I, 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 I think the, um, you know, that if you look at some of the, some of the, the, you know, the, the Arsenal back four under George Graham, I mean, you could almost argue for that on its own, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, 
now I don't think they could because VAR would be driving them bombing when they all got yeah. when they go out with their arms up, you know, they wouldn't know <laughs> a, the flag won't go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but I would think that I I think the Tongan is a pretty good shout, you know. Um perhaps more so that, you know, if you're gonna have Adams, I think the Tongan would be an ideal partner yeah. for him personally. Um yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mentioned his name um, before, and you know where we've gone with um, where we've gone with um, Pat Jennings. You know, to, to more or less covering both Spurs and Arsenal. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I know this is a player that I'm sure it's, you're not going to take him whatsoever <laughs> no. as for Tottenham side. But I mean, you you, you can't ignore the fact that what he achieved not just for Arsenal but I mean are you just erasing absolutely everything that he achieved for Spurs as well because you know what yes. he did achieve <laughs> 255 appearances 10 goals which is actually more for, for what he scored for Arsenal <laughs> captain's armband and he won the League Cup there too I mean all of that can't I, I completely understand your sentiment and I do get why why he's you know considered a Judas but that's nothing to be sniffed at. What we no. is, is, is fantastic. Do you know what? I'll say this. This is my honest opinion. Um, I fully understand why why you're talking about him. I don't think when he was at Spurs, he was quite as good as some of those other players that I've mentioned. The, but the difficulty is that when he went to Arsenal, he actually improved because he was obviously playing in a better team anyway. Obviously, one of the advantages is if you get if you move to a better side, you tend to look better anyway. So it's a really difficult one. But you know, you know darn well that um, no, no, no Spurs fan is going to agree that he should be in the team. You know, but um, I mean, yeah. I, I. But I do understand. I mean, should we just should we just we we'll leave that as the Tongan or Campbell? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I, I know, yeah. I know you're you're putting yourself on a, uh, you know, on, <laughs> on difficult territory <laughs> by, by agreeing yeah. to to Saul Campbell. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's absolutely fine. Left back, I'm guessing should be an easier sort of um, discussion. I, I've gone with Ashley Cole. Just you know, um, yeah. I just can't really see how um, there, there, there could be any any uh, argument for that really I mean Kieran Tierney obviously he's got a lot to do for Arsenal you know shows promise and potential to be as good if not better than Ashley Cole but you know Cole was just an absolute golden left back as an Arsenal player yeah. not, not just sort of um, um, attacking wise but defensively as well it was just a real fantastically all round yeah. and you know as hard as it was for you to talk about Sol Campbell it's just as hard as me to talk about Ashley Cole because he's scum in my eyes for, for, for when he, went, <laughs> yeah. when he yeah. went to Chelsea so you know it's um, yeah I hope you can you can sort of sympathize yeah I mean I, I, I just mentioned just very briefly and I'm not going to even argue for them I mean I think you know that obviously Arsenal guys like Bob McNabb who was a very good player um, Spurs I mean Spurs double team had Ron Henry. Ron Henry is a classic example I was saying about earlier. Ron Henry played once for England and yet was a tremendous player. But he was up against Ray Wilson. Now if you and this is this is why I'm gonna to have to agree with you about Cole. I think the best two fullbacks England have ever had 
you'd have to discuss whether it was Wilson or Cole. Obviously, the game changed a bit, so you can't really even compare them because one was playing the era when defending was, you know, you were judged as a fallback on how good a defender you were. Um, teams tended to often have, you know, very tricky wingers. Very few. We, we have a bit less of that now. So, you know, I don't know I'm, I'm afraid you're right. You're going to have to go. I think no one's going to argue about Cole. I mean, there will be people that say, yeah, well, Danny Rose was really good for a couple of seasons. And he was, but he wasn't quite as good as Cole. You can easily um, argue for him. And I don't think, I think most Spurs fans would accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, just uh, moving on to the midfield and just to quickly sort of explain that I've, I've gone for um, two sort of central midfielders and then a, a some, somewhat of a central attacking midfield role. But, you know, I'll get on to this later, but that sort of player is, is going to be allowed the sort of freedom to roam all over the place because they're right, a, okay. a, a magical player. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that later. I do want to start with, and you've mentioned him already, he could easily have played in centre-back. And I'm sure you'll be pleased to know that I've gone with Dave Mackay. Um, and yep. I just I just want to quote you on this first, you know, because I, I sent you a bit of, um, a, you know, questioning around yep. Mackay, what type of player was he? And I'm just going to quote you your email here. And you said, I know it's hard for any gooner to believe, but I think you need to think of him as good as Petit defensively and as good offensively as Vieira. Okay, I accept that sounds over the top, but it's to give an idea of the complete player he was. And I thought Petit was underrated. He was helped by the conditions of the pitches and the rules at that time. And a, a typical Mackay tackle was a five-yard slide tackle taking ball and man in any order. When a striker was injured in those, in those days of smaller squads, he would often play as a second striker. In his long throw, arrogance on the ball and fearless hard man image, you will realise why true greats like Petit and Vieira are not a shoe-in to start an RT. There were many greats to choose from in midfield. But um, yeah, Dave Mackay. Um, I think he also sort of rightly deserves a place in this 11 for what he achieved. You know, league title, 60-61, three FA Cups and Euro European Cup Winners' Cup and that sort of versatility as well that he's able to play in defence. And just, a, yeah. Yeah, just Mr Tottenham, really. I, I, I don't think you yeah. can put it any other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think to, to show what a great player, I don't, I don't want to dominate it by going on about how great a player he was because we are talking about a midfield that will be packed. I mean, there's there's guys here that are not uh, won't get on, who are truly great players. You know, um, I think greats overused, but we are talking about truly great players. When Spurs were playing in the '63 Cup Winners' Cup final, and that was a big deal at the time because we'd never won. No one of in British teams had never won a European trophy, and Mackay was injured for the final, and it's a famous tale that. Um, Bill Nicholson, who was Spurs manager at that time, was so depressed before the final that it was kind of rubbing off on the team because he because the loss of Mackay, he thought, you know, I've lost my, you know, my great player. Sort of and supposedly it was the captain, Danny Blanchfair, who did point out that actually there were four, at least four other great players in the team and a number of other very good players. I mean, it seems ludicrous now that he was you know, he was so depressed given this you know the Spurs side of that time, but you know, it's it, it's it's more there's an there's an image to this guy 
at the time. There's that famous picture where he um, grabbed Billy Bremner. He, Bremner kicked him after his return from his, I think, his yeah, second I've seen that, I've seen that photo, The yeah. famous picture, you know, yeah. and he said everything, you know. Yeah. And there was another, there's another tale about him, which again is, is really amusing. And I wouldn't believe this tale, but I was there and I think you could see it. They played it in one of the years they won the cup, I suppose, 67. He, he committed, even by his own standard, a horrendous foul right at the start of the game. Supposedly, you know how hard it was to get sent off then. Mm. But the referee came on over and said, You're off. And Mackay says, you can't say, this, this is a well-known tale, and I believe it because I was there and I saw the foul. The referee says, you're off. And he said, you can't send me off. He said, why not? He said, I'm Dave Mackay and 65,000 people have come to see me play. I suppose the referee <laughs> said, well, don't do it again, and ran off. <laughs> <laughs> what a different time it was then, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he had that arrogance, that kind of, yeah. So you've got, yeah, if you put, you've got to put him in midfield, and then it gets incredibly difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, although you said Patrick Vieira wasn't a shooting for this midfield, I, I, I just found it nigh on impossible for me not to have him on there. I mean, yeah, it, you know, I, I completely agree with you. It, it, this is where it gets very difficult, but I, it's just the the, yeah. the promise of having Patrick Vieira playing against alongside Dave Mackay, just the, the idea of how solid and how wonderful that sort of chemistry and that partnership would work. For oh, me, that, that's yeah. why I've just gone for Vieira there, because I think you'd, uh, I mean, can you name me a single player that would want to, <laughs> that would see Dave Mackay and Patrick Vieira on the team sheet? I, I think, you know, almost any footballer mm. would, would think, oh, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't think they'd want to yeah. play the prospect of those two. No, no, no. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I can see the argument. One of the great problems here is that you are actually, you're in the, almost the position where where play, players who, you know, as I say, when you use, I always think if you're going to use the word great, you have to define what you're talking about, um, exactly what what level. In Within the context of the British game, there's probably, for Spurs alone, six or seven midfield players who you could generally say were great players. And I'll probably just mention them in a minute. But when you think of this, someone like Christian Eriksen, with no disrespect to him, in my opinion, probably isn't in the best, might come in about number 10 in terms of Spurs all-time midfield players in my lifetime. Because you know, we do have to remember, obviously, they have players long before my time or you know, so we, we we were ignoring them really, but you know it's very very difficult when you look at the the competition. Um, you know, as I say, if if you were like, I thought Petit was incredibly underrated, but you probably don't need him in the team if you've got Mackay and you've got Vieira. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I mean, you, know, you could make an argument for for you know Dave Mackay going alongside an even silkier sort of player um, opposed to Patrick Vieira. You could have Luka Modric in there. You could have uh, Santi Cazorla there. You could have Danny Blanchflower there. Ozzy Ardiles, you know, Cesc Fabregas. Yeah. The sort of list goes on for the, the silkier yeah. sort of players. But for me, it's just that 
I think Vieira, what he gave you was um, that, that the physicality alongside, he yeah. was able to be silky and, and sort of quite graceful on the pitch at the same time. So um, where Dave Mackay would, you know, be the wall, I think Vieira can be that wall as well when when needed yeah. to be. But I think he's... He I mean, that's a fearsome physically. Yeah, physically, that's a fearsome duo. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that is a fearsome duo. And... Um, they would they would hold their own in any era, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Vieira was one of those players who he could have played in the nineteen sixties. He'd be getting his foot in, you know. Um, yeah. So you, you considering I've that. gone I've gone for a, a Spurs player for the next player. So you know, I've gone for two Spurs players and one Arsenal player. You've got to allow me Patrick Vieira there. So I've oh gone yeah, for... no, no, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. Okay, yeah, that's good. Well, well, for my my, you know, as I mentioned before. You know, I've gone for that sort of central attacking midfielder, almost a sort of wild card position, where you, you kind of expecting a player to just 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 light the pitch up and just apply his magic. And I've gone for Glenn Hoddle. Um, you know, it's just hard to to you know somewhat hard to put Vieira in over yeah. a list of players. It's just as hard in a way to do it with the attacking midfield because you've got Gaza. Got Liam Brady, Perez, you know, mostly a winger, but he could also operate as that inside attack. Yeah. Christian Eriksen, as he mentioned, Chris Waddle, Alexis Sanchez, that list goes on. But but Hoddle, what else can you say about Hoddle? I mean, he was just an absolute magician of a player. Um, and I've I, I I would say I have to have him on this list. Yeah, that is interesting. You see, this is this is where it gets really interesting. Okay. <laughs> I think I was watching the recent um, documentary about Hardock, and there is no doubt some of the stuff, you know, it is the real top draw, isn't it? You know, some of the goals and everything else. And this is where I think it becomes difficult because where, wh- how are you deciding? I mean, I, I think it's a, a tragedy. Well, tragedy, I don't like using that word in, in football terms, except about real tragedies like Hillsborough. But... Um, it's, it's laughable, you know, the fact that there was any question about his England place and everything else. Mm. And yet when you compare, and this is where it gets very difficult, and about the generational thing, Danny Blanchflower played, I think he was 35 when Spurs did the double, and I can remember going to see him play for Ireland against England um, when I was, it was a school trip. And he and the Irish team, basically, if you if you listed the value of the players of the twenty two on the field, other than Mackel, Jimmy McElroy played for Burnley, who's another great player, and Blanchflower, the nine Irish players were being the least valuable players on the pitch. There were players in that England team, if I remember right, that went on to be in the World Cup there. And McElroy and Blanchflower ran rings around England. It was actually a draw. But I remember that. And I mean, they, I think they were 37 and 35, something like that. You know, put on about how wonderful Ronaldo is. So there's a massive argument in, in for a player like Blanchard. Blanchard was Britain's most expensive player in 1954. And Spurs did the double in 61. Mm. I think he was football of the year twice. It's a massive argument for him. But of course, also, the other thing here is what is interesting. If you get, if you look at a team like this, we've got Perryman, Adams, these guys, massive figures. Mackay, 
plant flower was in the 1950s and 60s, along with Stanley Matthews and to a certain extent Tom Finney, was the biggest personality in English football. You know, he famously in his autobiography, there was a chapter, what directors know about football. It's at the top of the page and there's one page and it's blank. <laughs> he is the guy that the whole, you know, I'm sure Arsenal fans will love, you know, it's all about style rather than winning stuff. But that whole thing about the kind of football teams that Spurs should have is all come from Mackay. So it's a massive argument for a player like him. Um, I'm just going to mention, because I think one of the greatest tragedies of, in British football, John White, who also played in the Spurs double side, killed 27 by lightning playing golf. Another absolutely brilliant player. I think if he'd have played, if he hadn't been killed, I think we'd have been talking far more about him as a possibility here. Because it, when if you look at that Spurs side, when they destroyed teams and teams were destroyed, um, a bit like Man City sometimes do now, when it all goes right, it would always it always seemed to be him that was the guy who was who had a, a ten out of ten game, and surrounded as he was by all those other really good players, you know you've got him. Uh, another guy I think you have to gain look at here as a challenger going to hodle. Is Ardilis. I don't know if you know this story. But it was um, on, there was a thing on Sky about an interview with him, but like, you know, sort of about his career. In the 78 World Cup final, he was injured before the game. And three days before, it was no chance he'd play. They, they decided to play him. And he said that I was 50 or 60% fit. So one of the biggest countries in world football, the team that won it, played a guy who was clearly way up, way below fit, any normal fitness level yeah. in a World Cup final. He only lasted one half. But how good must you be <laughs> to be played like that? Yeah. So, I, I, I always think Ardiles was underrated because he didn't do spectacular stuff. It was the little toe-ins and all this sort of stuff. So I'd actually go for Ardiles rather than Hoddle. Yeah, I mean, you're, pre you're preaching to the choir because, I mean, you know, this, this is between <laughs> Glenn Hoddle, Ozzy Ardilis or Danny Blanchflower. Of, of, you know, of all players, I am a massive football fan, so I, <laughs> I love football in general. But really, my my knowledge of all three of those, those players is, is fairly little. So I'm more than happy for you to decide of, of who you want in that position. Yeah, well, I would, I would actually go, I think I'd go for Blanchflower because... Yeah. You know, when you when you look football of the year, I think it was twice most expensive player in Britain. And remember, he was most expensive player in Britain, despite the fact that the um, boards of almost every club he was at hated him. So <laughs> that said something about how good he was. So I think you probably would have him in. I mean, there are, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we're talking, there'd be Arsenal fans, you know, older Arsenal fans saying, God, what about Liam Brady? Yeah. You know, yeah, he was a name. Yeah, no, he was a name that um, you know was on my lips as well. But uh, yeah, I I, I I thought you know just from from seeing Glenn Hoddle and you know just sort of 
the, the, the technically the type of player he was, he was uh, definitely a, a player that was up there for contention. But I'm more than happy to to go with Blanche Flower if if you want for him. Just going to mention another very good Arsenal player um, in the 1960s, George Eastham, another mm. player largely forgotten. Um, was in the 66 World Cup squad, was never going to play under Ralph Ramsey, but another very, very good player. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we're, yeah, we're, when you think we haven't even talked about Gaza? Well, I, I mentioned him. <laughs> I did say that, you know, um, Gaza was, you know, the first sort of name that I mentioned that, that could easily be considered for that attacking um, midfield spot. But how many seasons was he there with Spurs? It was... It was a season, and I think that's why you discounted. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fleeting, it was, wasn't it? it really? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, a painful memory for you, one of the favourite memory for Spurs. <laughs> the first half hour of the Cup semi-final in 1991, on the basis of that, he'd be the first player on the team sheet, you know, because I've never seen anybody play in that brief period the way he did. You know, it was just like... Well, he was just berserk almost, you know. Of course, mm. that came back to haunt him in the final when he did exactly the same thing and got badly injured and was never the same player again. Um, yeah, and I mean, another player, obviously, we're, we're not, I mean, we're, we're, this is the difficulty. Modric, over his career, you'd have to put him in with these guys, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd have a really strong argument. Yeah. But I don't think that Spurs, he improved. No, it's for most of what he did at Real Madrid, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but, but that's the kind of level that you're talking about. Mm. Same as when we go to the forwards, I wouldn't consider Van Persie, but if you wanted to talk about Van oh, Persie, man. Arsenal, and Man United. Yeah. It's a stronger argument, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The, the less said about him, the better. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you find it hard talking about Sol Campbell, I'll find it hard talking about Van Persie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you might say that. I wonder what your your take is on this, but you know I've gone for a sort of number ten, so it, it means that my eleven would be quite narrow. But I've gone for the non-flying Dutchman, Dennis Bergkamp. I mean, he's just my favourite yeah. ever Arsenal player. And um, a lot of people talk about Mesut Özil in the sense that you know he was a magician, but Dennis Bergkamp was doing this. Oh no, there's no know, comparison. No, Bergkamp was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Just, you know, just the almost deny, defying the sort of laws of physics when it comes to the stuff that he could do yeah. with the ball. I mean, you could absolutely smash a ball towards him and he'd make it, he'd turn it into a feather. Oh. Just, you know, just a phenomenal footballer. Yeah, I mean, you can't, uh, yeah, it's difficult to argue with that. Um, yeah, there's loads of, there's, there's a number of outside. I mean, if, if, if you look at the, you know, the, the top four on Spurs all-time scoring list. You're talking Greaves, Bobby Smith, Martin Chivers, um, Harry Kane. You're talking four world-class centre forwards there. Arsenal, you got you know you're you're talking aren't you about Henri and Burkamp and all these players. It's really difficult to choose 
and it also depends the era in which you're looking at because it's under the rules because you know the 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 modern rules allow the very quick player to be un, untouched to a degree you know um a name i'm going to mention within the, this front of three in my opinion one of the greatest players of all time cliff jones mm. um I surprised my son, these mates, a few years ago by saying Cliff Jones was as good as Gareth Bale. The only difference is that Gareth Bale is six inches taller and three stone, four stone of muscle heavier. Mm. <laughs> you know, not, that might not be quite right in right. But what you're talking about is the, game, the people in the game are bigger, they're stronger in that sense, but they didn't have the tackling. You know, um, an average, any... any um, North London Derby when Cliff Jones was playing, he knew that within the first five minutes, he'd be flying through the air, having been hacked down by um, there was a guy called Billy McCullough or Flint McCullough, who was named after his nickname after a guy in a, way, a very popular Western on TV at the time. McCullough would hack him down within the first two or three minutes. Every game, Jones knew that was going to happen. It was like, like it was a day full of night. I knew he wasn't going to get sent off. The referee would come over and have a word. Never ever got booked. Now you know, so you, you're. It's very very difficult. You know what kind, what what rules we play under. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but you know. are, are you going for Cliff Jones over Mr. Jimmy Greaves? Because you know Jimmy Greaves is my second yeah. choice. But I, no, I was going to say no. I'm not. No, um, because because. I, I, I agree. I mean, we are talking now. We are at the very top table. I mean, Jones represented, because they used to have a lot of representative games there. I think he played for the rest of the world in one day. But he played for Europe in things, you know. Um, you know, we're talking about absolute, and he was magnificent. I mean, five foot eight, but in the air. That goal, give you an idea how good, how, how good he was in the air. The goal the Watford guy scored on uh, Saturday mm. um, against Newcastle, that was a Cliff Jones goal. Yeah. That was the kind of goal he used to score, but he was a small man and he'd hang in the air. Almost like a sort of yeah. Ronaldo header. Yeah, absolutely. Only six inches shorter. Very similar. But I mean, yeah. you've got, you, when, when you're looking at this, this side, I think the, it's the it's very difficult because of the makeup of the I fully understand Burkamp. You have to have Jimmy Greaves, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, where you mentioned with Pat Jennings, you know, he was the sort of first name. And you know, for me, Jimmy Greaves was also that you know, I, I've more or less built the team around Jimmy Greaves. Uh, and the the next player as you'll you'll come to uh, come to um, realise. But yeah, with Jimmy Greaves, you know. I was not that actually not that long ago in a dispute with an Arsenal fan about how Ian Wright should be ahead of Greasy for the spot, but I just I don't know where you know I thought that was ridiculous, but I really had to take my Arsenal hat off and I had to look at it objectively. And there's just mm. no way you can't have Jimmy Greaves on here. You know, no. 382 no. professional career goals, 220 for Spurs in 321 appearances. You know, Wright might have had a, a more impressive trophy haul, but you know, Greaves was just you know just betters him for his clinical ability for putting the ball in the back of the net time and time again he's done it for Chelsea Spurs and West Ham although his record at AC Milan is is considered somewhat of a coffee blot and I think you mentioned this in the under the floodlight special that we had you know 
although it was, you know, considered somewhat of a, a, a not the greatest of times, he still managed nine goals in 10 games. <laughs> Incredible, really. And he got a, a Serie A winner's medal whilst there too. So, you know, what's, yeah, yeah if, if that's a, a bad time, <laughs> I'd like yeah. to know what else isn't. Yeah. And, but on top of that, yeah. he's, you know, he spurs his all-time leading goal scorer, which kind of makes the, the Harry Kane situation even more interesting. So he's only, Harry Kane's only 30-odd goals away from that. But um but yeah, yeah. No, Jimmy Green. Yeah, I think I think I think what you've what, as I, as I said when we did that um, special about him, it was I mean it was an irony, wasn't there? In the sense he died shortly afterwards, and you know I said at the time how sad it is that the first thing people say is about he missed the '66 World Cup final, and it was sad, you know. Okay, but look at his club career. I mean, as I said at the time, 120 goals in 140 games, Chelsea. A team that never finished the but I looked because I looked it up at the time. I'm not that quite that much of an anyway. That Chelsea team never finished above twelfth. I think one of the seasons they were about fourth from bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, when people look at Alan Shearer's goal scoring record, you know, um compared to Greaves, it's not in the same ballpark. You know, and I think I think, you know, it, the, the greatest tribute, um that you could possibly play to Greece is what, when he died, what Graham Sooner said, which I, amongst the many tributes I thought was the one that was stood out and made me feel that I wasn't going on over the top when I was there. He said, I played with all, you know, players like Ian Rush and players like this. Now, I'd say, you know, if you look at top, top strikers in my lifetime, Rush is up there with, you know, Henri and Greaves and all these in that that ball, you know, that elite ballpark. Sooner said, I play with it, you know, a couple of, I can't remember the other players said, but he said, I play with Ian Rush and Jimmy Greaves was a level above him. Mm. Now that astounded me really at one level because, you know, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, a lot of Liverpool fans would have thought that was heresy. Yeah. But that's and that's why he has to play in any team, you know. No one's no one's knocking right as a player, you know. I've got admiration for a bloke, annoying as he was when he was <laughs> playing for Arsenal. You know, he came from the parks, didn't he? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I I mean, you, you you can't knock his record. You can't knock players like Henri or Burkham. Of course, you can't. The simple facts that you know, number of goals in number of games compared, say, to Shearer players who are top class like Shearer says why he has to be. And, and I always say, memory you know, the great memories of time, what you end up doing is that I make it sound like Jimmy Greaves never missed. Of course, he missed, yeah, he missed quite a lot. But he scored more than he missed less than other people, yeah, no, absolutely, more, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a frightening, the prospects of Burkamp and Greaves, you know. Um, well, the, 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 yeah, the prospect of this next guy, um, I'm about to throw it, you know. I mean, you, we, we had to put Spurs' all-time goal scorer, we have to put Arsenal's all-time goal scorer, the king of Arsenal, Thierry Henry, you know, the club's all-time highest goal scorer, <laughs> the main man behind our success, you know, in that glorious period, the late 90s. He was Wenger's... Um, wonderful yeah. chess piece, if you will. You know, you know him and Vieira are the only players on this list with with World Cup winners' medals. So 
um, although both of them were sort of mostly used from off the bench uh, during that World Cup. But just Thierry Henry, what can you say, really? Just a, an absolute, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, like you, like you kind of mentioned with Ian Wright, where he got under people's nerves, Thierry Henry <laughs> definitely did the same as well. But his arrogance was, was backed up with just mm. incredible ability. Um, he, he was I, I'm going to now. I'm. I'm. I'm not. You know, I've already talked about Chris Jones and uh, um, that. The, yeah, you know, we, we. There are a number of forwards we can argue about here. Mm. Uh, so it's the one player that we haven't mentioned, and I think we have to mention. I dismiss Modric because his career mainly at was his best was at um, Real Madrid. Of course, it's very difficult not to have an argument about Henri or Bale because Bale was outstanding at Tottenham, and obviously he went on to probably even greater things because he found a better team. So there's a real, there's a, there's a hell of an argument for, you know... <laughs> for, for I mean, Harry there, Kane there? even deserves somewhat of a mention as well, because Harry Kane's only 30 goals behind Jimmy Grief. So for, for what yeah, Harry that's, Kane's that's not that's, that's, that, 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 unfortunately, is dismissing Greaves' goals at Chelsea, isn't it? You know, yeah. so, yeah, yeah and, you, you, and that's what you have to take into account. The other thing that I would say, and this is where I think it's really difficult when you pair, I mean, Harry Kane last week against Chelsea, I thought had a really quite decent game. And that was almost a surprise because generally speaking, in big games, he doesn't do it. You know, it's his it's one, the one proviso about, about Harry so far in his career is on the big occasion, he hasn't done it. Whereas players like Bale, Greaves, Henri, these are players who have done it in the big games. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the one argument about Harry you know I mean Harry's carried that team mm. you know there's no doubt about that um but I just don't think he gets in um yeah. uh, until he starts you know until he starts scoring goals in the games that matter yeah. you know um the, the, the uh, thing for me with Henri is I just remember playing sort of fantasy football games um and just noticing I think it was about because I played it about six years in a row, six seasons in a row, and just almost every one of those he was getting up to you know twenty five plus a season, and he did that about six seasons in a row. I mean, it just goes to show how just incredible. Yeah. You, know, you know, a lot of players get the accolade, like Harry Kane, he gets the accolades for doing that. You know, three seasons in a row, but players like back then were able to do it over such a consistent. And, and long period of time. It was, um, yeah, incredible. If you, if you were choosing between Henri and Bale, I think in, in the context of what we're doing here, you probably would just go for Henri on the basis of, you know, the, the, the slightly longer period that he was at the top at Arsenal than Bale was at the top at Spurs. Though he was, in, in, again, Henri was playing a much better team than Bale was playing in at Spurs. Um, overall, I think Omri's goal record <laughs> separates him a little bit above Bale to a degree as well, surely. Well, yes, but again, when you're planning a much better team, <laughs> you know, oh, come on, Thierry Omri, yeah. he was, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, I get, I get, I get <laughs> it. I see, I see. I see you're never gonna you're never gonna persuade any Arsenal fan that he doesn't start. And I can understand that. Whereas yeah. Spurs fans will say, Yeah, but what about Bale? You know, 
um, added, you know, wasn't just about scoring goals, but then it's very, very difficult to choose. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about superstars, aren't you? You're, you're, mm. you're you know, and, I, and I, I'm quite happy to concede the um, on reasoning in the sense that, you know, I think if you looked at their total career, I can make a much stronger argument for Bale than based on just on his top career. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 does it, it's, it's irrelevant, isn't it, in the sense that you can, yeah. I, I'm quite happy to say I'm really, but, you know, we, we could we could agree to disagree on that a bit like the uh, the Tongan um, Judas argument, you know. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, no I, I totally understand your point that you're making. You know, Thierry Henry for me is it, it's almost you know a sort of certified stamp that goes down. But yeah, you you're yeah. completely right. It you can't. Mm. You have to mention the likes of Gareth Bale. You have to mention, you know, other players when 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 speak. Even Robert Perez, these types of players, and yeah. Dim- Dimitar Berbatov, you know, has to. And Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe. There, there, there are players out there that, that need to have a mention. Just um, yeah, you also also yeah. Sorry, Simon, I interrupt you. I mean, if you you know, again, it depending on what period of time you're playing these these games in because. Bobby Smith, who was um, uh, in the Spurs double team, and of course afterwards when Greaves arrived, they were a tremendous double act because you had the ideal thing that you know a centre forward who scored lots of goals, but also was brutal, you know, in terms physically not a big, not by Monsanto's that big, but was terrifying, you know, fearless, absolutely one of the bravest players you'd ever see. Um, I've always said Cliff Jones and Bobby Smith, probably my two favourite Spurs players of all time, based on what? The fact that I've never seen two braver players than those two. Um, sort of stuff fans love, you know, that, that yeah. kind of thing. So if you were playing this game in the 1960, you could make an argument for Bobby Smith rather than Henri, probably. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> on those mud heaps, but yeah. if you apply it under the current rules, there's no argument, you know. So it's uh, it's just interesting, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but I think you know, um, you know uh, if we just look at this um, this team sheet uh, in the sort of cold light of day, what an absolute team that would be! <laughs> <laughs> it's this the you know the, the 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 type of incredible football that they'd actually put on display would be yeah would be scary and I think for me what stands out the most is that pairing of Mackay and Vieira <laughs> like I said if I was an opposing player I, I would not show up yeah. on, the, on yeah. the team bus that day I just wouldn't yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think also you know if you're looking you've got everything there up front of you you've got the pace on Henri the predatory nature agrees his goal scoring you've got somebody like Burkamp who's got his sort of silky skills and if yeah, you were going to argue about uh, yeah, but equally you know if you were to if you were to substitute Bale for him Henri you'd still have exactly the same thing sheer pace mm. you know the whole I mean that is a you know I mean I think there'd be a lot of people would probably be surprised by the fact that I went for Danny Blanchard over Ardenas and Hoddle. Mm. But I, I just think if you look at his record, 
it says it, people have forgotten about it. It's kind of because we don't see a lot of him um, because there isn't that much footage. But we are talking about, you know, all look, I mean, looking at that team, I would say at any level, you've probably got, even at world level, you've probably got seven or eight players who you genuinely say are all time greats. You know, if you're talking your 100 best players, you know, there's players in there that are real top level. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we've done all right there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think we have. And I think, um, you know, where, like we sort of mentioned with that, that front three, if you were sort of going up against that, you'd have to contend with that. Not only that, then you'd have to think, well, how, am I, how on earth am I going to get past this defence? Because <laughs> that wouldn't be uh, yeah. too easy either. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure doing this. It's been a lot easier than I thought it was going to be as well. I thought we were going to um, come to heads a bit more, but then no, it's it, it's been fantastic. And I think, like you say, we've done really well. Come up with a great team here, and um, yeah, one of yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Enough. I mean, the 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 frightening thing, and this would be apply also to obviously to Man United, you know, Manchester side a best Liverpudlian side, you know, whatever, would, would probably be the other two great contenders, you know. Um, obviously, Chelsea fans would be screaming, well, what about, you know? Um, but I don't think Chelsea Fulham side would be quite so uh, powerful, but uh, Fulham had one or two. <laughs> we just don't know. You've got George Cohen and Johnny Hayes. I forgot about it. You know, you yeah. forget about these players. Um, but when you, yeah, when you look at that side and you think... <laughs> You mentioned nowadays the subs bench. You know, you could bring, especially with the five subs, suddenly, you know, you're bringing on Gazza and Liam Brady and, uh, you know, yeah, have the last 10 minutes with Perez on one side <laughs> and Cliff Jones on the other. Yeah, yeah. you know, when you're tiring. Yeah. Yeah, and you could have the likes of Ledley King for the last 10 minutes as well, trying to get him past him. Yeah, yeah. I was I mean it's I mean it's inter it's kind of interesting, isn't it? That um we didn't even discuss, you know, the art the Arsenal, the famous Arsenal George Graham back for, mm. you know, uh that really, you know, we're only really talking about Tony Adams from that, you know. Yeah. And when you consider, you know, the Steve how Bowl, tough Mike they were Keogh, to that, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not, um, it's, uh, it's a very powerful side. Yeah, definitely. Right, Les, I'll, uh, I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Yeah. It's been fantastic again. Thanks for um, coming on the show. And yeah, thanks for, for helping me come up with this uh, wonderful Arsenal combined with Spurs 11. I think it's, um, I think we've done a great job. I might need a bit of editing because I think we've got on a bit long. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't mind, you know, considering I'm a massive Arsenal fan and I've got, you know, ad well, I wouldn't say admiration, but I've got somewhat respect for, for Spurs as well. I'm happy to uh, to make this as long as it needs to be. Brilliant. All right, mate. You stay safe. Yeah. And uh, we'll speak again sometime. Thank you so much for listening to The Triple F. If you could please drop a like on our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, that would be massively appreciated. Hope you're all keeping safe and thanks again for listening to The Triple F.